The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But there is only really one story today, and there are now 760 patients without a hospital bed in the country today. Extraordinary figures. Over 92 people on trolleys in Limerick Hospital, for example. The IMO is calling for urgent action. And joining me now is the Director of Services with the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, Tony Fitzpatrick, and Dr Fergal Hickey, Communications Officer with the Irish Association of Emergency Medicine. These figures must be putting services under huge pressure. What's it like on the ground, Tony? Yeah, it's extremely difficult, uh, Emmett, on the ground for um, the staff that have to go into these emergency departments. Many of these emergency departments have poor infrastructure, um, issues that haven't been addressed from a capital perspective for many years. Um, for the staff on a daily basis, though, this is pure misery um, for the patients that have to endure the suffering of being placed on a trolley or a chair waiting for a hospital bed. And I think sometimes people forget this is 760 people that have been seen within the emergency department by the nurses and the doctors there. And having treated them and stabilized them, it's their view that they need a hospital admission. They need to get access to a hospital bed. Um, but unfortunately, these patients can't get out of the emergency department and they have to wait on chairs or, or, or on trolleys in corridors waiting for a bed to co- to become available. And from the HICPA report last week, we've seen that some of these people can be waiting multiples of days and nights and waiting for a hospital bed. So it's completely inhumane for the patients to find themselves in that scenario. Um, Generally, a lot of these patients are over 65 or over 75, um, and they then have to suffer. You know, emergency departments are open 24 hours a day. You have the lighting on 24 hours a day. It's very disconcerting, very confusing for these patients, and it's completely unacceptable in this day and age that people have to spend that long on a trolley or a chair waiting for a hospital bed. And we need urgent action now from the HSE. In and Tony, to um, obviously virtually every Christmas goes by with some kind of crush on the system, but these figures are well even beyond that. Is there particular factors at play here? We're thinking flu, COVID. Uh, what, what would you look at and say, well, that, that's kind of pivotal to why the figures are so high? Well, the old adage, uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, that's the reality here. We've been calling on the HSE uh, since July. The figures during the summer were incredible. This week, we're going to go across the 118,000 uh, people on trolleys and chairs waiting for a hospital bed. That record was set back in 2019. Um, so these are people that you know, should have access to a bed when they're stabilized within the emergency department. It's, it's, we are post COVID, um, as in, and I mean that from the perspective of COVID is still around and it's very much still an issue. But from the perspective of the mass cancel, cancellation of procedures, et cetera, we're post COVID. Um, there's a reality, um, that we haven't caught up with that COVID period. We have people that have been waiting. Our, our waiting lists are the longest they've been, uh, for forever. Um, so we have have, you know, a million people on waiting lists and those people are in the queues and therefore they get sick, they come to the emergency department, they have to be looked after, but they can't get egress out of the emergency department. And there's a multiple of factors. It's not actually the emergency department. They can see patients, they can stabilize them, but they can't move them on. And that's because you have, you know, 500 to 700 patients admitted within a hospital that can't get out because there's a lack of community services or a lack of step down services. Um, you know, there's severe pressure out there within GP practices and um, there's severe pressure as well for public health nurses and for all those programs. And Tony, so it, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's predictable. Sort of, yeah, and, and you guys do a great service by providing people like me the actual figures so we can actually get a sense of what's happening through the different hospitals. Extraordinary numbers in the uh, University Hospital in Limerick of 92 patients, for instance. I mean, that's an extraordinary number. It's almost double, in some of the Dublin ones. Uh, what's going on there or is the particular conditions of that? Well, in that particular yeah, well, 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 the reality is, like, you, and again, you go back to policy failures. There was reconfiguration of services without the required investment in capital infrastructure, you had downgrading of Ennis and Nina, um, and that all that traffic then went to Limerick. They did get some additional bed capacity last year, about 100 beds, but that was only a drop in the ocean to solve the problems that exist within that site. And we've seen that elsewhere as well, the Northeast and Drogheda, places like that were under severe pressure where other hospitals were downgraded. So again, bad planning and bad policy decisions in that regard. But Limerick, it, it's important to focus, 90 people is the equivalent of three full inpatient wards. That's three full inpatient wards within one area, which is the emergency department. So while they continue to try and look after those 90 admitted patients, they continue to deal with the ambulances that present, the patients that present by car or are transferred in by GPs. So it's an impossible situation for the staff. And I think the HSE need to stand up now. They need to have a policy of zero tolerance of crowding we must remember HICWA had a report out last week, but back in 2012, the TALA report, after death of a patient on a trolley, on a corridor in TALA, stated that no patient should be treated on a trolley in an inappropriate space. And unfortunately, there's 760 people today on trolleys and chairs waiting for a bed in an inappropriate space waiting for a bed and it's completely unacceptable and so Tony we need... yeah we was about to get on to the, the solution so yeah. this every Christmas we have this and, and it, it, you can almost time your watch by it arriving uh, just even as, as a new story for people like me and my profession but in terms yes. of what can be done and at this late stage obviously we're heading out to this year January is going to be another pinch point as well presumably some of these people might even be still in hospital when we move into January what what are you guys looking for in terms of policy decisions, government intervention at this point, and something that can affect this very quickly? Because the, the, this well, this overcrowding is happening right now as we speak to you. Yeah, exactly. But we can't have managers going around. Isn't it terrible that we have so many patients to try? We need action now, and the real action that needs to happen is that. We, we need to turn the focus of the hospital. We're in a crisis here. So the focus must be now on getting those patients off trolleys, off corridors um, and into an appropriate bed. And that means that every other uh, segment of the health service need, needs to kick into being in regards to that. Obviously, the answers to this are appropriate capacity, which takes time to come on board. But we need that to be fast-tracked. You know, we've, we've seen now that the Minister for Depower is going to be responsible for implementation of the capital plan. Well, I think the Minister and the two ministers need to talk from health and deeper to ensure that we fast track the capacity plans and to ensure that we get this issue addressed. Workforce is another issue. There's a severe problem at present with regards to recruiting staff. We can't open up additional beds unless we have the staff. So again, I think Simon Harris's department and uh, the Minister for Health need to be talking about how yeah, to ensure yeah, that well, we have adequate workforce all those items that you're, uh, the line to deal with that. Tony, all those items that you're talking about are, are sort of long-term-ish, you know, I mean, in terms of edu- uh, education and, and, and capacity. Immediately, unfortunately, is that all elective work needs to be postponed. I hate saying that because there's a million people um, on trolleys, uh, or sorry, a million people are waiting on waiting lists for various procedures, etc. But we cannot 
like we wouldn't allow a pub to be overcrowded, a nightclub, a nightclub to be overcrowded, yet it's acceptable for sick people to be in an overcrowded environment within an emergency department. It is, it is amazing, yeah. There has to be yeah. zero tolerance. It's amazing that, that under health and safety um, laws and regulations that it isn't, uh, some, of the, some of these conditions aren't um, condemned in that sense. But for now, we'll see if any of these solutions come true. Tony Fitzpatrick, Director of Services with the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation. Thank you for joining us on The Hard Shoulder. You're very welcome. Thank you. Now, I also have Dr. Fergal Hickey, who is a communications officer with the Irish Association for Emergency Medicine on the phone as well. Uh, hello there, Fergal. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for joining us. You heard Tony there. He's talking about appropriate capacity needs to be introduced, but he's going a bit further there and saying elective work needs to be postponed. Like That's the only thing at this late stage that can be done to alleviate the pressures. Would you agree that is one of the solutions, awful and all as it is? Or do you think it's a more of a case of, look, let's just try and get through this period as best we can and don't hit the, the people waiting for elective procedures? I don't think it's as simple as that. But I wouldn't disagree with anything Tony Fitzpatrick has said. This problem is long-standing and it has not been addressed. People have claimed to address it and they haven't. The bottom line, the basic problem here is that we have 2.8 acute hospital beds per 1,000 population, whereas the OECD average is 4.3. And that leaves us in the mess we're in. So we haven't got the bed capacity to deal with normal circumstances. We don't have the bed capacity to do both elective activity and deal with emergency activity at the same time. And furthermore, we're challenged with COVID and influenza at the moment and respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, which tends to affect children preferentially, but it does affect adults as well. And Fergal... So take my own heart, just can yeah, I yeah, sure, yeah, of course, yeah. indication of it. So Sligo has 45 people on trolleys as of this morning. And a significant proportion of those, so there's there's 16 in the hospital with COVID, there's 22 with influenza, and there's five with RSV. Now, 15 of those are in the emergency department and they're in corridors all around the hospital. And the emergency department currently is seeing people who arrived last night at midnight. Now, that's how bad things are, and that is the implications of this lack of capacity. And we have, periodically, we have ministers saying, never again are these figures going to be reached, and we keep setting new records. And we set records throughout the 12 months of the year. So the time that this was a winter problem is five or six years ago. It's now a 12-month-of-the-year problem. Yes, there, and, and the reality is there's very little active activity going on at the moment in the run-up to Christmas. Okay. So, so therefore, the capacity to reduce elective activity to nil is not going to change things hugely. We don't, unless we solve the capacity problem, we don't have a hope in health. And the situation will get worse. We know, for example, that the first few weeks of January and into February is the worst time of the year for respiratory conditions. So what is, the, what, what is the best way to, to, to get the supply of beds up in the short term? Well, Obviously, it's not much use getting it 10 years from now. Obviously, the private hospitals have some beds, but they yes, obviously are treated. I think that, and that, and that needs to be utilised. But I think we need to start taking a, a much more emergency approach to this. I mean, we talk about increasing bed capacity as if it's something we're going to do in five years' time. We need to do it five years ago. So we do have to take responsibility. And rather than adding two beds here and three beds there. We need a substantial building program. And whether we like it or not, we've done this before. We did it in the TB era. We built a number of hospitals because we needed them. We don't need to build new hospitals, but we certainly need to extend the hospitals we have 
so that if the capacity to do both emergency and elective activities simultaneously, which any modern health service needs to be capable of. Yeah, and it's, now, a, it's, addition, it's, it's, it's sorry if I could just stop you. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of sobering for listeners because you know, as you say, we're talking about building things. We all know what that means in terms of length of time. So the reality is, this winter, alleviations might come via the, the private hospitals, but it's it's again not huge. Your yeah. elective surgeries might help around the edges, but not massively. So yeah, I so the reality the is, this winter is not going to be alleviated, isn't that? No, the reality? It, is, it is not. And uh, I think anyone who suggests that it is is in cloud cuckoo land. The other thing that that the public need to do is to help us to help them. So in the sense that anybody who needs to get a COVID vaccine needs to get it. It doesn't mean that they can't possibly get COVID having been vaccinated, but it makes them less likely to end up in hospital, less likely to end up in intensive care and less likely to die. And for people to end up in hospital and intensive care, that puts a burden on the system that the system can't cope with. And likewise, there are categories of, of patients who are eligible for flu immunization, and we have a significant amount of influenza A at the moment. So I would strongly encourage yes. people to take that. That's, a, that I mean, that's, that's as much as they can do. Yeah, exactly. It's but not, our politicians have failed us for years on this issue. Yeah, and, I think that's a well-made point. That the, we can all blame the politicians and throw stones at them, but we all have to do our own little piece as well, and a lot of time that doesn't happen. Thank you very much for joining us. That's Dr. Fergal Hickey, who is Communications Officer with the Irish Association for Emergency Medicine. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.